Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Uh, no Richard again this week, so it's just Seth and I holding it down. Seth, our resident brewer and all-around content creator. What is up, Seth? Probably oh. better known as Saffron Olive. <laughs> I got it in there. You snuck I, it like, in. I almost forgot it, but I got it. <laughs> oh, not much, Chaz. How are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. Thanks, Seth. Um, Chaz, uh, as always, um, covering the financial aspect of the game and just all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Um, this week on the docket, we have like... <laughs> 30 fish mail. I don't know how it's piling up. I think, like, these two weeks, uh, we just maybe either had a ton of questions because it doesn't. It didn't feel like a lot of things were happening, but here we are with, like, 30 fish mail. Almost, it felt like maybe 50 fish mail over the course of two weeks. So we're going to tackle all the fish mail. Um, and then, uh, you know, when, when things start ramping back up a little bit, we have a pro tour next week. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of talk about we might have to scale back on the fish mail, so that's why kind of we're going like all in uh, and just wrangling up all those fish mail uh, for these two weeks. Uh, but we'll first address, we'll address that last, but firstly we'll address the cardstock issue uh, that uh, Wizards, you know, put out, they put out a statement about the cardstock issue, and, and it's a long time coming because it's been a problem um, up in, I think, since Amonkhet? Yeah, maybe even a little before that. But I think Amoncat yeah. was like the peak of the problem or like when people really started to take notice at least. Yeah, uh, that will lead us into some uh, tournament results. We had an SCG Modern Open, an SCG Classic uh, Open uh, for Modern and Standard as well. Um, and then, you know, we'll play from here from there <laughs> um so let's just get the announcement out of the way oh yeah and we had a ban restricted announcement we'll address that as well uh where wizards kind of hinted that they might unban something so a lot to talk about there uh but let's just get the announcement out of the way uh i think you're absolutely right like when i started really noticing it now it might have started in the kaladesh block uh so if folks actually remember it happening there they feel free to comment but i started really noticing it in the Amonkhet block uh, notably Hour of Devastation, where uh, I went to the pre-release, like, you know, uh, about, like, midday, you know, around noonish. By the end of the day, I mean, I know it was, I was up in New York at the time. I know it's a little humid in the summer, but, uh, man, they were really curling really bad, almost like, like, cinnamon sticks. I mean, it was really bad. Um, and I know uh, you were a little skeptical, Seth, but uh, you tweeted out some pictures, and uh, it's definitely a real problem, and I'm glad they finally addressed it and was, were transparent about it. Yeah, well, I mean, sort of. Like, I'm glad. So, there's like so many issues going on. So, what actually was directly addressed is apparently they printed the flip cards from Ixalan on the wrong card stock, which came to light because people were doing some like light tests and weird stuff like that and found out that the card stock was like a lot thinner and some issues. So, Wizards made a statement about that, but they still haven't like directly addressed the curling and that kind of stuff. So I'm still hoping that Wizard steps up and talks about that because I had it happen to me. Like, that was my experience. I had heard people talking about this, seen the Reddit post, but... I try to be careful to some extent because you just kind of never know. Like, when someone posts a picture on Reddit, like, 
who knows like exactly where the cards are bad. Not that I'm trying to like <laughs> question anyone, but then once it happened to me and I cracked a box for box opening and noticed that both foils and non foils were curled in like a week or two and maybe even quicker. Cause I didn't look at them. Like I just happened to walk by the pile of cards and be like, Oh my God, these cards are like super curled. Uh, and so once it happened to me, I was like, ah, oh, we probably got to talk about this. And it's been a whole laundry list of printer issues. Like we had the stolen sheet of Ixalan from the printers we had the curling issues we've had a lot of like ink problems with people getting faded cards or like weird ink issues we had the misprinting of the double face cards from Ixalan so I don't even know like it's so many things going wrong with the printers so I hope that uh, wizard steps up on it the professor made a video about it this week and made a really good point that if you're like a company built around making trading cards you're kind of only as good as the quality of your product like it, that's if there's one thing you don't want to mess up as a trading card company it's the actual trading cards that you're trying to sell so hopefully wizards take some steps to fix it yeah i think this was uh the step in the right direction at least addressing something because um while they didn't go right out and say that they've been having uh problems i think they pretty much alluded to it in the past that they've Tried a few things, um, uh, even earlier than that. I mean, we're going back to, like, the master sets that they, you know, were trying to do things in the past. And um, I, I just wish they were a little more transparent more recently. I mean, I, like I said, I think this is just a step in the right direction. But this is, a, this is an issue that really needs to be addressed. I mean, someone stealing from the company is one thing. I, I, I don't I mean, obviously, you can address that and have a better security, but... Sometimes I think just things are out of your hands if you have to just trust the employees and even the folks that are at the printing companies or however they outsource this. Um, but maybe it's just time with all these issues going on that they kind of just bring it back all in-house um, because then they you know, have a closer eye on this. But I'm sure that costs a lot more. So here we are, right? Um, so there's, there's things they can definitely fix. Uh, but it's mainly just the quality of the, the card stock and the card itself. I'm more worried about that than having stuff get stolen and little ink issues because ink issues have been happening for a long time. I mean, as long as I can remember. I think I still have, like, a mis-inked uh, from Kamigawa, what was it, uh, the Sakura Tribelder, where it almost looks like there's, like, a little flower on his staff. <laughs> and it's, like, really weird, and I always kept it. I'm like, that's actually, like, really cool. And it wasn't drawn on there. It was, like, just weird, this weird ink blotch. So that's been happening for a long time. I think, but, um, yeah. I think from what we've heard that this isn't happening in Europe, the curling issue. And okay. apparently the way cards are printed, they have a printer in Belgium that prints the cards that go to the European stores and the European players. So it's apparently mostly an issue with a specific printer that they have that's printing most of the U.S. cards or all of the U.S. cards. So I think that that's where the issue is stemming from. But I, the big thing for me is when you kind of step back, like we're pretty entrenched in the community, uh, yeah. pretty fairly competitive players. So if I open a card and it curls or it's messed up, it's frustrating and I don't like it, but I know wizards will deal with it. They will make things right. If you have misprints, you can send them in, get them fixed. What I worry about is the new players. Like if you're the person that just like buys a fat pack at Walmart and you get these like faded cards or they curl up in a day or two, what's the chances that you go back and buy magic cards again? Cause that's when you're the new player, you're focused on the art and how cool 
the cards look and that kind of stuff. Like, so those are the players that I'm worried about because why wouldn't you be like, all right, I bought these magic cards. They kind of look crappy. They curled up on me. Next time they're probably going to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards or like, you know, one of the other competing cards. If you're in that stage where you're just kind of casual, you want these cool artworks and these, you know, fun different cards. So that's what I'm really worried about is that Wizards is going to lose those people and they won't keep coming back if this isn't solved pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I still have all like the old Pokemon cards I've had uh, since I was like a kid in a binder. Um, and I'll take them out. Like, I think they've always had a different foiling uh, process. So even the foils have never curled. And, um, you know, it was definitely not a problem even for Magic. Later, I mean, I have like reserve, I have like all these cards from like reserve list to, you know, Onslaught to Apocalypse. I mean, I have like Lorwyn cards sitting around. So it wasn't a pro- that big of a problem um, that I've seen over the course of the years up until more recently where it's like, wow, these are like really curling pretty fast. And, uh, you know, not like slightly. Like they will almost like curl in a U where <laughs> you would normally think like, oh, maybe is it a foil? No, it's like a normal card. I'd like a normal Glorybringer almost look like a U. By the end of the, uh, you know, by the end of the day, when I when I did the uh, pre-release, like I was saying, but yeah, uh, definitely a problem that's more prominent um, these days than I think ever in the past. Moving along, let's just I guess we'll just get both of the announcements out of the way. Uh, no bans uh, for the banner restricted announcement on the seventeenth, but they did allude to that they may start looking at unbanning something from the list. Either, I don't know, maybe they alluded to one or multiple after Pro Tour Rivals of Ixalan. So yeah, I mean, as far as cards that could be unbanned, I'm personally kind of on the, on the side where I would like to see Jace unbanned as like a trial period almost. Kind of like O'Gary Grave Troll, where it was unbanned, it was too good, it was banned again. Because I'm just not sure with Primeval Titans on turn 4, Storm Kills on turn 3, Huge Death Shadows on turn 3. Like, is Jace even that good? We haven't really seen a draw go control deck be successful in the format, so I'm not sure that Jace would even be that powerful in Modern. I'm definitely accepting the fact that maybe it would be a bad thing, but I think it could be worth trying. And it's kind of the same with Stoneforge. Like, I just don't know how scared I am of a turn three batter skull in our current modern format. So I don't know. Those are the cards I'm mostly looking at would be possible. Although I will say what I like most about this announcement is Wizards did two really good things that they haven't really done before. You mentioned that they kind of foreshadowed the possibility of changes coming this winter, which is really cool. The other thing they did, which I think is maybe even more important, is they made it really, really clear that they aren't planning on messing with Modern just for the Pro Tour. They basically said straight up, unless something crazy unexpected that we can't see right now happens to the modern format. We are not going to ban anything just to shake up the format, which was one of the biggest fears of the community about having the modern pro tour back. That's kind of why Splinter Twin got banned. That's why Birthing Pod got banned. Not that maybe those cards shouldn't have been banned anyway, but traditionally the modern pro tour was what kind of pushed wizards to ban something to make the format feel fresh. And they were really clear that that's not the plan this time around. Yeah. I'm all for trying new things, and I mean, we've had this discussion every which way you could possibly imagine over the course of this podcast. Every time, almost this like comes up because it's all—it's a hysteria pretty much every time. I don't know. I just—I kind of felt like modern is finally in a really good spot, and I haven't heard a ton of complaints about it. 
Um, and, and there's definitely still room for like new innovation. I mean, if you look at we were, we were going to talk about this earlier or later on, but I mean, SCG. You look at these opens. You look at these finishes. I mean, there's still new decks like popping out randomly. Like we have this blue green Merfolk list that has now top aided twice. Uh, so that looks uh, pretty real. We have like a humans list that that top eights that are open. I mean, I know these aren't like pro tours, but it, it definitely still feels like there's there's room for innovation. It's not just you know primeval titans and storm storm and like turn three kills all the time. So yes, that's a part of it, but um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was in a really good spot, and I hope. I mean, Wizards, I guess, is still alluding to that, but I mean, I really hope they just err on the side of like you just said where. Um, they don't. They don't spice things up just to spice things. I will say it's pretty funny that it wasn't that long ago. Some people were legitimately pushing for uh, Death Shadow to be banned. Like that was a real conversation, and we've had a lot of modern SCG events. And I know we're probably going to talk about them more in a minute, but it doesn't seem like Death Shadow is really a problem nope. anymore. Like it's a deck. It's probably tier one or at least like one point five, and it's near the top of the format, but. It's not dominating the format. It didn't even top eight this past weekend. It's so I don't know. It it kind of goes to show that in some ways modern, I think is getting to the point of legacy where it, there's enough yeah. cards that it's self-correcting and new things can pop up. But then the card pool is big enough that a deck can figure out how to be a huge death shadow storm. Well, <laughs> that's a tough one. I still could see that being banned eventually just because of wizards dislike of the archetype. But I think that modern's in a really good place and it's getting to the point where it just kind of can go on and fix its own problems to some extent without the need of bannings, which is why maybe unbannings are a good idea. If modern's to the point where it does fix its own problems, maybe some of the cards we thought were problematic won't actually be a problem at this point because modern has so many cards and can fix the issue if there is one. Yeah, I still like, I'm, I guess I'm on the side where, well, if they're safe, then I mean, it doesn't matter, right? If modern is doing well right now, just leave everything the way it is, right? Like, don't fix what's not broken. And it just modern is come, becoming sort of this legacy uh, meta where it, it's cyclical, right? Like, something will happen, like a, a card is printed, or so, some card reemerges, like Death Shadow, right? Like, it's been in modern for how long? It's been in modern since its, and since its inception. Only just recently got good, right? Uh, because a lot of th- different things had to happen. Everyone starts calling for bans, and then there's this segment of the community that's really devoted to modern. Says like, "Well, you know, you need to wait. Uh, there's definitely ways to combat this." And you know, Death Shadow rolled along for a little while, and what happens? I mean, it's the same thing. Like it, the the format will correct itself, and now we barely see like Death Shadow. Uh, I'm with you. I think like maybe Storm can still be kept under wraps just because that like no one wants that deck to be good, <laughs> not even Wizards. Uh, so anytime it even become like blips on the radar, they should probably do something. Uh, but other than that, like this format's great, right? Like we're seeing new innovation all the time. Every time something new happens, like people are so eager to like ban or unban something. Like why don't you just leave it the way it is? It obviously can correct itself and just just leave it be. I mean, new cards come in all the time from new sets, and something gets shaken up that way. Why don't we just leave the cards that are on the on the list just the way they are? Yeah, I mean, really, in some ways, this weekend's tournament was a really great example of what you're talking about. I mean, it was a five-color human stack featuring Kite Sail Freebooter as one of the key cards in the deck, one of the new Ixalan editions. 
that not only won the tournament, but I think the person that played it, Colin Mullins, I don't think they lost all weekend. I think they were like 14-0-1 in the Swiss yeah. and then cruised through the top eight. So we're seeing blue-green Merfolk came in third place, another new deck. So we're seeing new stuff happen, and I don't know. I'm with you. I think that Modern's in a pretty good place. While I kind of like the unbanning idea just because I'm an advocate for... The, a small a ban list as possible, I think, is a good thing to have more cards unbanned. I, I can see your point that Modern's in a good place, and maybe it makes sense just not to mess with it right now. Yeah, it, it's just, for me, like, new things are coming with each set. Uh, you, have the, the, you have the Freebooter. You had Vizier of the Remedies, you know, that sparked a whole nother archetype. A whole, well, um, it is, yeah, it's pretty much a new archetype, uh, a new twist on something that was already there, but it's, like, kind of evolved into this counters company list, which uh, seems pretty awesome. I think it got another uh, top eight finish this weekend. So I, I feel like injecting new cards that way is a lot better than just trying to unban something just to, you know, I don't know, unban it and make, you know, some some portion of the, the community happy or to see something come back. Like, they're, they're on there for a reason, and I think they, they can stay there and just have new cards come in and, and shake up the format that way. I don't know. I, I, I like Modern where it is, so I, I wouldn't really want to mess with it too much. Well, I definitely agree with you that Modern's in a good place. I still, I'm, I think I'm a little more on board than you are with trying out some of the cards on the ban list to see what happens, but sure. I definitely agree that Modern's in a pretty healthy place, and it really has been for like a year now. I feel like we were having this conversation like yeah. almost a year ago about how awesome modern was and how the last like bannings and stuff kind of made the format really good. And it seems like it has just continued on. I can't think of a time in the past uh, since the start of 2017 where I've been like, Oh man, modern is really miserable. Like I haven't felt like that for like nine months now or something, which is a yeah. pretty good run. And I don't know why, that's going to change heading forward. Like it seems like it's in a good place and will continue to be in a good place. I would just leave it the way it is and, and just let the pro tour ride that way. And I, I, I highly doubt they should change anything afterward. Just, I mean, when was the last banning? They banned Golgari grave troll. And was there something else? I can't remember now. What, what, what was the actual last banning? Was it that one? It was grave troll. I don't Cause think that, there was anything then, else. It's been amazing. And up until then, as it was actually pretty good. Because, like, even Dredge with Golgari Great Troll, as crazy as Dredge was, it did kind of fall off a little bit there, right? Like, it, it, it kind of, like, emerged. It was, like, all over the place. People did kind of stop it for a little, like, kind of adapted to it for a little while. And then it went away. And, like, Legacy Dredge and its, like, fashion, it comes back when no one's really, like, expecting it. So I guess Wizards kind of felt like, well, we can't really have this, like, crazy deck just, like, looming in the weeds, like, this whole time. Let's just kind of undo Golgari Great Troll because the last... I think there was one card that really just kind of put it over the edge. Um, it was like really right when like uh, it was like I felt like it was after like Prize Amalgam and all that stuff. I like, think it, it was, was just really insane. I think it was they unbanned your Ave Troll, but then also they printed Cathartic Reunion in Caladash, yeah, that was and it. that Cath really Cathartic pushed Reunion. it over the top. That was yeah. it because because it like kind of disappeared for a while, and then Cathartic Reunion got printed, and then it just kind of exploded, and it was all over the place, and like no one could do anything about it. Um, and it went like that for a little bit. So after that one ban where they got rid of Dredge, it's been pretty good. Even with Storm kind of hanging out, it's been okay. Uh, it's like kind of strong. I think they just leave it where it is, and that's that's kind of like my final take on it. I think if you look at if you look at Dredge, I think it is on a 
two deck list with Storm is decks that just most people are happier when those decks are not part right. of the format. So right. that would be the one thing that I would be okay with being banned. Like I know some people love Storm, but it doesn't. It just does not lead to funness. You have to dedicate like Dredge a lot of sideboard slots to it if you want to beat it. So I don't know. I think I would still be fine with the Storm card getting banned just because it's it's a, it's one of those mistake mechanics where Magic like. If Wizards was making the magic now, we would not have Dredge and we would not have Storm. They're just mechanics they, they would not make with the benefit of hindsight, so. Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit, the the um, standard open finishes and the classic finishes, but let's just go through real quick. Uh, Collins Mullen uh, took down the open with a, like a five-color humans list, and I re-looked at this list, Seth. You know, I, I totally, for, and I, I love this card. I think we... Everyone on the cast kind of loved this card while I was in Standard. But I totally forgot Mantis Rider was a human. <laughs> so uh, it was good to see the return of Mantis Rider. Uh, Kite Sail Freebooter, obviously, like, the MVP of the deck. Um, and, like, this deck looked like a ton of fun. And I think between Ancient Ziggurat, Cavern of Souls, and now Unclaimed Territory, um, tribal lists, especially, like, humans, blue-green merfolk, and all that stuff, uh, seem like in a really good spot. Like, this blue-green merfolk list definitely popped back up. I think it was a little bit different than last week, uh, but this deck definitely seems real. Yeah, I think it's it's fairly close to where it was last week, but um, yeah, I mean, we're seeing more success from the blue-green builds than the mono-blue builds, so maybe that's just like yeah. where Merfolk is at now. Maybe it's a blue-green deck. The Humans deck's definitely super sweet. It's really cool to see it working out, to see some Ixalan cards taking off in the format. Otherwise... The meta just looks healthy. I mean, you got it some mid rangey decks, the Death and Taxes, Eldrazi and Taxes. We have the combo-ish decks in Storm. Some of the company lists are kind of combo-y and Titan Shift. We got Death Shadow still there, Abzan, Affinity kind of filling out the aggro role. So it's, it's just got it all. Like, no matter what style of deck you want to play, outside of maybe, like, True control, although a blue white list did make it 11th, but if there's one thing that's yep. kind of like somewhat lacking, I guess is maybe we're lacking a little bit in the true control front, but modern, it's just awesome. Like, there's so many different decks. Look, look at the top 32 <laughs> from the SCG Open, then flip over and look at the standard results where you see like 11 teamer energy, four Robin on Fred, and two other decks or something. It is such a huge difference. I was just about to say that. It's it's insane between the, the Open and even the Modern Classic. Like, eyeball it. We have, you know, on each page, there's 16 on one and 25 listings on the SCG site. Uh, on both lists. Like, eyeball. Do you think maybe there's, like, what, maybe 10 to 15 archetypes? It might even be more. Somewhere it's probably, range. like, maybe 15 to 20 even on those two <laughs> yeah. tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, 15 to 20 archetypes. And that's that's really healthy for me. Like, why would we even, like, bring up the conversation of trying to, like, monkey wrench something into that just to unban something? It It definitely feels like there's a free flow of new cards that are sparking new archetypes, especially like this Counters Company list. We have Humans now. We have the Blue-Green Merfolk with two Ixalan cards. Uh, and then we flip over to Standard, and it's like three decks. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, is that healthy? Like, three or four decks? We have, I mean, no no sighting of a control list, but we had Energy, Mardu Vehicles, Red, and Token. I don't know. It's like, ah. I think energy... But, like blue, but even, like, blue-black control is kind of hanging out. So we have, like, four or five, where it's, it's like, I don't know, is that, like, that's, like, pretty good for standard, isn't it? I, 
it's not it's not like Innistrad, uh, uh, Rev or something like that, or like Cami, where, where we had like you know maybe ten, twelve, where where it looked more like modern. But these days, with standard being it as it is, like isn't like five decks like the best we could hope for these days? I don't know. I don't think the number of decks is necessarily bad for standard. Like, if you say Marty Vehicles, Ramanan Bread, Energy, Control, Tokens, that sounds that, pretty that, good. That is, that is what it is, though, Seth. Like, I mean, yes, this one this one uh, open, I mean, it was a classic, so it really wasn't actually an open. It's not super, like, yes, th- these are the deck lists that are doing well, but, like, we know Blue Black Control's hanging out. We know, like, Tokens lists. So that is kind of like five archetypes. I still think energy is too good. That's my main complaint. I think energy is just too good. I feel like we have a good mixture of decks, but I feel like energy is is a little further above the field than I'd like it to be. Like, 11 of the top 16 were energy decks, which, of course, is just a classic. It's only one tournament. It doesn't mean that much, a small sample size, etc., etc. But that's been my perception on playing on Magic Online as well. Like, I played a little bit in the Mox, which is, like, one of the biggest Magic Online tournaments over the weekend, and it was just, seriously, my first three rounds I played were just Teamer Energy, Teamer Energy, Teamer Energy. So it's, I feel like energy needs to come down a little bit. We'll wait and see. We have a Pro Tour coming up. That could change things. That's my hope. I feel like it's going to make it worse. Yeah, that's my fear. (laughs) And then then I think we were talking about this little precast. Then we're getting back to the calls for bannings, people being very upset if we have just, like, a dominant energy performance at the Pro Tour. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but I definitely have a fear that that's what does happen. Yeah, me too. I, I I think it'll be somewhat similar, though. I think we'll see the similar archetypes, but energy is definitely really strong, and just the mechanic is strong. That's it. Like, I, I don't know if you particularly, maybe uh, maybe there's a group of, a large group of players out there that feel like there's enough variance between Teamer energy, Soltai energy, and now... I mean, what they're calling Jund energy. Like, I don't know. Is that like that? That's kind of like three archetypes right there. Yes, it's all like energy based, but you are playing enough different cards that they are sort of different in that regard. They all play very similarly, but they're they are a little bit different. So I don't know. There's like a, a few different flavors of energy. Then you have red. You have tokens. So actually, a couple different version of tokens. And then you have like vehicles, blue black control approach is kind of like with you know coming in and out of flavor uh one just like top the nationals with sunbirds invocation we were just talking about last week so i, I don't know like it, that seems okay yeah i just i have this really big there's fear. always gonna be like i like even if we were to bring and, and we talked about this precast where we'll we'll kind of talk about our bannings uh pick later like if it really needs to happen we could bring up that conversation against seth but because uh, i think i think we nailed it uh, in terms of what need what would need to happen, but for me, like I, I don't know. <sighs> so, Jazz, question for you. I know we'll talk Pro Tour a lot next week, leading up to the yeah. event. But over or under fifty percent of the meta being energy decks at the Pro Tour. <sighs> I, I think so, but th- there's always a there's always like a deck that's really good, right? Like no, even when we saw like we we thought was standard, it was in a pretty good spot after they got rid of all that craziness. Like, it was still, like, Vehicles and Constrictor and Red, right? Like, those were really strong, with Red being, like, really strong. So there's always going to be that one deck that's just, like, really good. And I don't think, like, if you ban, if you notch down energy enough, like, what does it come? Then it's just, like, 
tokens, right? Like a, a bunch of tokens lists or, you know, blue, black control or even vehicles again. So you really can't like bring down one deck that's in line with everything else. I feel like there's always just one really good deck and then a bunch like really pretty much right on its tail. And I think that's all we can hope for for standard. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what I'm hoping for. What I'm afraid of is we don't even have Dexon Energy's tail when we come out of the Pro Tour. My fear okay. is we have, like, this 75% of pros or something just absurd are, like, Energy's the best deck. There's no, like, some metagame where it's, like, 70% Energy, 20% Ramen Ompred, and then, yeah. like, one crazy team that plays tokens or something. And that's, like, that's my fear. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's, like, the nightmare scenario, I think. And that's, if we have... Have like right now on the goldfish metagame page it's at like 25 percent teamer energy and then the other energy decks are smaller so it's it, it actually looks fairly healthy part of that is probably because wizards curating of the magic online list so it's hard to get a really right. good sense of <laughs> the magic yeah. online meta but but that's what i'm afraid of like with wizards cutting back on moto data all we really get as far as really good in-depth data is the pro tour so people are going to put a lot of weight behind the metagame at the pro tour it was easy to write off worlds as being like an outlier with a really unique format but if we have that meta at the pro tour people are going to freak i think and that's going to be the issue is more like community perception is what will drive the conversation than maybe the actual reality of the situation yeah we'll go into it in more depth especially if it does look like that after but really quickly we did talk about like if, if something needs to happen you have i think you have to take out hub and attune with the eighth attune with Aether. I, I think because not to go on a huge tirade but we talk how do you not like when you sit down for decks and i think that's a what where a lot of pros are going to be so i kind of feel like there will be a, a big chunk of energy there like i don't think there's anywhere around it like how do you not start out with, like, a Tune, Aether Hub, Harness Lightning, and, like, Cub, Refiner. <laughs> like, once you start, like, once you go with the, with the base of, like, Hub, a Tune, Harness Lightning, like, how do you, how do you not want to just, like, play all those cards yeah. over anything else? Like, yeah. well, if I'm playing a Tune and Aether Hub, I can pretty much play anything, so... Uh, well, I need energy payout, so Cub, Refiner, Servant, Whirler Virtuoso, and Hydro, like, all have to go in, and, oh, I, I want to, like, splash for something really crazy, so why not, like, the Scarab God, and stuff like that, yeah. so, I don't know, I, I think you need to nab Hub and Attune, but we'll talk about it, we'll, we'll go on, like, a huge, we'll get Richard's take on it, too, yeah. I think you have to get both. I am in agreement with you, but I, like we talked about earlier, I'm kind of... I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the Pro Tour is going to surprise us with how amazing it is, and it's not actually an issue, and then this whole conversation doesn't even need to happen. But if it right. goes the bad <laughs> the bad direction that we're hoping it doesn't go, I, I do agree that those are probably the best targets, as weird as it sounds. But that's probably a conversation for after the Pro Tour to really go in-depth on it, like you said. All right, Seth, we have a ton of fish mail. So every week, uh, folks, you can send us twi- uh, fish mail at the hashtag MTG Fishmail. That's that's really the best way we can see it is on Twitter with the hashtag. Like I said, there, there's a lot. We're going to get through it as quickly as we can, and we might have to scale back in the coming weeks when there's a lot to talk about. But um, here we go, Seth. Tyler, or at Vicious or something, uh, heard rumors of Wizards talking about Splinter Twin getting unbanned. Death Shadow is too fast. Any thoughts on it? Well, we kind of talked about that earlier in the cast. 
Um, I do think like the four cards that pretty much always rise to the top are Jace, Stoneforge, Bloodbraid, and Splinter Twin. Um, how safe they are, I don't know, but I kind of just like the status quo of Mon. I don't think Splinter Twin should have been banned to begin with, but I'm sure. also not on board, on board necessarily with it being unbanned now. So it, it, that might sound like a contradictory position, but uh, that's that's where I'm at as far as Splinter Twin being unbanned. Like, it, it shouldn't have happened, but now that it did, it's like, ah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's and just kind of leave it on there. And I don't think that shadow is really a problem. Like, I think that was blown right. out of proportion. The format has adjusted, so I'm not too concerned about that shadow. Fair enough. Anthony Castillo at Orliave31. Uh, do you play MTG Puzzle Quest? Are any of you part of the MTG Goldfish Coalition? So I don't know what that is. There's There was an image along with this showing, I guess it's like the leaderboard of like the clans or coalitions or whatever they're called. Hey. And the top one was MTG Goldfish was the name of oh, it. So hey. apparently there's a group of people that play under that clan name. I am hey. not. I have never played Puzzle Quest, but I it's really cool either. that Goldfish is doing well. Uh, at Alexander Glaives, I think Kari Zev and the Skyship Raiders is actually the best band name. That it's actually not- sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like a... It's a little long. It's a little long, though. I don't know. That's like a mouthful. But it, it is, is pretty cool. That is... Yeah, that is pretty sweet. And they could dress like pirates. <laughs> Eye patches yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. At Desi underscore Nohei, uh, which Eternal Legacy... Like, Eternal Legacy vintage card would you want to see made legal in modern? Counterspell, necro- Necropotence, Upheaval. Oh, you um, almost I did it. You it. almost did I it. I almost did it. I almost did it. <laughs> I caught myself, though. You did. That I, was very I good. I caught myself, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like... I think it sounds a little cooler like that. I don't know. Like, necropotence. Like, yeah. You're, I mean, your pronunciation does sound cool. It's incorrect, but it does sound cool. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, like, I don't know, like, otherworldly. Apparently, there was, a, there was actually a comment on the... Uh, we'll answer the question in a second, but there was a comment uh, on last week's episode that uh, it was actually really funny... Someone said it. It's funny hearing you <laughs> correct me on pronunciation. <laughs> I think I really botched something last week, uh, oh. but yeah. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with something really crazy. I want like survival, something like really nuts. I don't even think that's legal in Legacy anymore. It was so busted. <laughs> it's not, it's actually, oh, okay. Oh, it's not even legal in Legacy. So uh, let's go with something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, they did say vintage, and it is legal and vintage. I think so. I think oh, you're, I think true. you're good. Yeah. It does. It probably does count. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say wasteland. I I love destroying okay. lands. I don't know if that would actually make the format more fun. It probably wouldn't. But I would have fun blowing up everyone's land. Just play Crucible World, Sun Titans, <laughs> wasteland lock people. Sounds sweet. Yeah, that would be pretty insane. If anything else, I mean, there's like problem is like, there's a lot of combo cards, so I, I don't really. All right, um, at Warlord. Uh, Seth, I'm starting to think that whenever you say small Japanese tournament, you're just posting your fever dream deck. They're, they're real. <laughs> they are real decks from real tournaments. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dreaming them, although know, most of them are pretty sweet. He's not dreaming of them, but uh, we do pull from like the sim- very similar places. Um, but they are not like a figment of Seth's imagination, crazy as that would be. Uh, at Jeremiah underscore Lewis. Hey guys, uh, what do you all think of a red, blue, red primal and amulet sunbird dynavolt control build using extreme burn slash value to win? 
That, I don't know. That seems pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's got uh, a lot of a lot of sweet cards in it. That's a lot of sweetness uh, packed into one deck list. So maybe we should let's see if we can put something together against the odds. That sounds Prim- like an against primal odds. Primal amulet, sunbird's invocation, and dynavolt tower. Yeah, can I you mean, even like? That's a lot. I don't know. I think that what you risk is you like. A lot of those things want you to play instants and sorceries, and yeah. it's hard to play a whole bunch of primal amia like payoffs for playing instant and sorceries because then you still need room to like play the actual spells to trigger your amulet and dynavolt towers. So that's a challenge. What if we do? What if we do like? Let's go even one step more crazy. Primal amulet, imminent doom, sunburst invocation, dynavolt tower. Like just all spells. Like thirty-five spells, and like twenty, like twenty-four of twenty-five lands. I like it. I say we try it. Uh, um, at uh, Nazir Smith, a question for Richard when he gets back. Can you add a page onto the site that covers the ban list of each form? Oh, I, th- I think that would actually be pretty helpful. Um, at Schlink Lincoln, I pulled a Scarab God, but is very off-center. Is it worth more or less? What are the values of off-center and or miscuts? So in my, uh, I guess, experience of this, the market is very small for this kind of stuff. It, it, but it is there. Uh, but you really just have to kind of happen upon someone that wants something like that. I, I don't think they'll value it too much more, uh, but they they probably will value it more. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the challenge is finding someone who who wants it. Because a lot of people just want to play with the card. Most people want yeah. Scarab God so they can put it in their team or energy deck or whatever. So you got to find someone that actually collects that stuff. But if you can find the right person, you might be able to get a bit more than actual the normal price. Uh, at Prophet of Kaltor, why hasn't Solemnity slowed down the team or energy deck's popularity? Is Solemnity too slow or vulnerable? Um, I think it's just a tad too slow. Yeah, I And, I and the problem is, it's, it, the problem is, it's that... Like, there's still, like, pretty decent creatures for their cost. So while you're taking a turn to play Solemnity, like, they still have, like, Rogue Refiner is still, like, a 3-2. Bristling Hydra is still a 4-3. So, like, they're all still pretty decent. It's almost exactly the the problem we had with Aetherworks Marvel. Like, you could bring in a ton of sideboard stuff to beat Marvel, but then your opponent just beats you down with Glorybringers and Rogue Refiners and Bristling Hydras, and you're like, oh, like... So you kind of have the same thing. You bring in Solemnities, take a turn off to cast them. You are going to shut down, like, this crazy make a ton of tokens with whirler virtuoso or whatever but your opponent still has good stuff and they punish you for taking that turn off with solemnity by just beating you down with creatures that are like pretty good even without the energy payoff yeah um at fred maldonado eight i'm probably messing that up um any thoughts on blue black pirates with arcane adaptation oh pirate zombies Uh, Pirate zombie. Oh, blue black pirate zombies with arcane adaptation. That sounds super spicy. I think arcane adaptation is a really. It is very risky to build cards with two tribes and trust that arcane adaptation will help you get there because you're going to have games where you just don't draw arcane adaptation and then you have like a bunch of pirates, but you draw your zombie lords and your deck looks absolutely ridiculous. So I think it's a fun idea, but as far as being competitive. It's really hard, unless you have a specific combo to go infinite or something with Arcane Adaption, really hard to just build a double tribal deck with it. Uh, uh, at Steve Lasco 3, if you could reprint any one card into Standard, what would it be? Uh, uh, capitalized, maybe they just saw the, the movie It, like the <laughs> remake. 
Or it was like pretty bad. I don't know, or like it was okay. I didn't watch it. Thankfully, I thankfully I that was not a movie I would have spent money to go see. I don't watch that many horror movies, so yeah, me either. Actually, uh, P.S. Mine would be Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds fun. No, that that was the no, that was the person's uh, pick. Uh, that was Steve's pick. Mine would be oh, I don't know. I want like I want like rock decks to come back. I want to be able to play my Sakura Tribe Elders, my Death Clouds, my Spirit Mongers. Like bring me back to that. Well, since cards have to go through standard to get into modern, I'm gonna just stick yeah. with Wasteland. No, and then no, I, I answer both questions. Standard. Yeah, so oh, Wasteland and standard, right. and then it gets into modern. <laughs> both questions at once. <laughs> yes, perfect. All right, that that works. Uh, uh, at Asen Bureaucrat, hey, uh, do you consume? MTG con- content other than Goldfish, which content slash producers do you enjoy and can recommend? Um, there's a lot, and I, and I I do try to consume as much as I can um, when I have the time. Uh, but I mean, there's there's a, there's Professor, there's Wedge, there's um, there's also Ristic Studies. Oh man, uh, uh, blanking on his name right now. Uh, Magic he, Man Sam. Yeah, Magic Man Sam. There's uh, Emma Handy for Star City Games. There's well, Morgan Wentworth was working with us at QS. Um, her her watch her videos on her you. I think they're all up on her YouTube channel. I would watch those. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, uh, there Jake are... and Joel are magic. I, I I try to I try to like find and promote other like smaller content producers because. I think a lot of them, you know, they put in a lot of good time as well. And, and I, I've had conversations, and they, they put in a lot of time and um, effort, and they, they should kind of be propped up a little bit more too. They don't always get the recognition on, like, uh, Blake's daily update, and I know he tries to do his best to put them all up there, but um, there, there's a lot, like, lower or, I guess, less known YouTube channels and, and writers and such that, that don't always get as featured, um, and, and they should be. So I try to find those as well. Yeah, there's definitely a ton of good options out there. I use a lot of the big sites like Channel Fireball, TCG, um, Gathering Magic for like strategy type content and to keep up on what the pros are playing. I also have uh, really liked some of the brewing content from Magic Aids and Pleasant Kenobi, our two like newer channels that have had some really sweet brews that I have enjoyed. And I usually make time for Magic Mike's podcast. That's one of my favorites. A good like catching up on whatever going on in the week yeah. with Evan Irwin and Ruben Bressler and Aaron Campbell. So that's another one that I try to catch every week. Very, so. very good. Very good podcast. Shout out to all three of those, uh, all three of the hosts over there too. Um, really good podcast. It's, it, it is a good way to kind of catch up on everything. I mean, outside of the podcast, they kind of live stream it. So that's a good uh, kind of aspect as, of it as well. And I think they have a Patreon as well that they, they uh, have some tiers and rewards for that as well. So, um, yeah, uh, limited resource is always really good. Um, yeah, brainstorm brewery. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a you lot probably have like an that. entire podcast where we just talked about different Seriously. magic content creators <laughs> that we enjoy. <laughs> Imagine if we had a podcast of all the content creators. How chaotic would that? Be? That would be something. Uh, at uh, Fiddler the Drum, why does Mishra's Bobble show up on Legacy Movers slash Shakers? Same question with. PZ2 popper cards. Uh, those um, are... Actually, I, I think I think the movers and shakers. I think on at least the 
specific tabs have been a little wonky since I mean I don't know if Richard needs to do something but they do seem a little the site was having some issues Richard has been working on it and I can ask him this when he gets back from uh from out of the country in specific but I know he has been working on it so hopefully uh the issues that you've seen will be taken care of soon hopefully Uh, yeah the Ixalan tab in particular is just bugged so I don't know if he's like just planning to get rid of that and just move that over into standard uh, but yeah it's a little, been a little wonky I've noticed it as well uh, at rag3249 open the MTG promo port in a treasure chest only worth 30 ticks is it likely to go up to the 100 ticks like the original uh, I don't think so so wizards does weird stuff with the treasure chest where they adjust the rarities and they made the promo port much more common in the treasure chest which is why we saw the huge price decline over the past few months so i think that the supply is big enough now i don't expect it to jump up to 100 bucks could it take up eventually if they take them out of the treasure chest yes but i don't expect a huge increase to get up near 100 dollars again fair enough um at ed vanta seth has good basic Good taste of basic land. I'm um, filling out my deck with beautiful basic lands. Any underrated artists you guys like? I don't know about underrated, but uh, John Avon art lands are, like, crisp. (laughs) I loved all his Onslaught lands, uh, especially forests, because, you know, I I love green. But um, I always kind of revert back to the Onslaught and Odyssey lands for some reason. I really love those basic lands. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not very good at knowing artists, but I know lands that I like. Another one I'd mention is Mirage. Mirage are some of my favorite basic lands as well. So, um, At Real Tap Water, I love the No Dust MTG duels model. Granted, rares capped at two, but I hate opening 20 of the same common. Thoughts? Uh, so apparently the duels model, if you're not familiar, is you basically just can't trade cards, so you just gotta hope you open the cards that you need, but they make it so you can't open more of a card than you need, so if you only need two of each rare, which was their format, if once you have two of a rare, you will never open one in a pack again, apparently, is how, my understanding of how it works, so. Okay. I, I have a hard time seeing how that model works when you don't have the card restriction. Because duels right. was one mythic, two rares, three uncommons, four commons, something like that. But when you need a playset of a mythic and you get one every several hundred pack or like hundred packs, let's say, if it sticks to about like the paper model to get the specific mythic you want, that's a lot of packs for you to get a playset of all the mythics and standard, and probably thousands of dollars of packs to be able to do it. So that's my concern is how that would translate when you can play four of a certain mythic in your deck instead of just one. Uh, at only for contact. Best paper format for someone who can only play once a month. I've gone with modern. Yeah, I think that's a really good choice. Yeah, I think modern is where it's at. Like, you always Uh, will have events, unlike Legacy, where that can be an issue in some areas, but uh, it doesn't change so fast as you would have problems in standard, I think, if you only played once a month with your deck just going out of style quickly because of new sets of rotation. So I think modern's a great choice. I think modern's a great choice. Next to that would probably be commander, but um Oh yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um at the Jester Zero One Two, do you think Lorewise will see a, an undead planeswalker sparkless version of Venser on New Phyrexia? Would be awesome. <laughs> Zombie Venser. Uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> I I don't know. I actually don't. I don't, I'm not hugely into the lore, 
of the of the game. Um, I used to be back when there was actually like paperback books. I would read a few of them. Well, I'm not wasn't by an expert by no means, but um, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, I think Venser's gone, and I don't even know if we're going to go back to Phyrexia. God, please, let's not go back there ever again. <laughs> uh, but you know what's actually really funny? I saw the. Um, I don't know if you were around, but or if you were playing the game at the time. But do you remember the the promotion of like uh, Marod and Pure when they kind of released that of what uh, New Phyrexia like could have been? It was like a that, fake set. It was like a fake set, but I would actually be okay in this when they switch to like the one of blocks that they just throw that in there. That would be really sweet because it actually looked like there could have been something there. Like they actually had a mock up of a card that was never released. I think Dark Steel Angel or something like that. So I, maybe there's something there. I, I would be okay with maybe just no infect. That would be actually pretty sweet to go back to like that a would be really cool. weird time-shifted version of Mirrodin where actually the Frexians lost. I think that I would be down with that as a one-set block. I think that would be yeah. sweet. Yeah, wait, but definitely they have to use like what they released. I don't know how long ago it was now, Seth, but wait, the Marodin Pure just actually just use that as the set and like obviously make that one card that they showed a card. That would be actually really cool. Real huge emphasis on no infect, though. Yeah, no, no infect, please. <laughs> no infect, and not like ninety percent artifact. But we can get the allied colored sword cycle. Oh, that would be that would be <gasps> sweet. You're right. <laughs> sooner or later, they got to come back to that. Like sooner they or later, to they're going to do that's the allied colored. Yeah, yeah, that's real crazy. They they have to finish that up. Um. At the Jester 102 again. Oh, okay. So really good questions. Um, what is your current favorite commander to play casually? Mine is the partner combo of Vile Smasher and Ludovic. It's actually funny. Uh, Vile Smasher and Ludovic was like a like taking has, has like taken over one versus one commander at one point. I think I'm gonna go with Tagatag because I just like to play every color, play tons of cards that I like, and then a Tagatag is a good like really goofy looking placeholder commander to. Uh, to have as your five-color general. Yeah. Um, actually, one that I've been starting to build and is actually really fun. I- I'm sure it's not maybe as fun for everyone else, but uh, I love Saskia. Just the fact that everything has, like, double damage, <laughs> can deal double damage is pretty crazy. And I get to play awful, normally awful cards like Wooly Thoctor in Commander, so I'm, like, really cool with that. <laughs> There's obviously, I, I think I've been replacing it with uh, Death Gorge Scavenger now uh, because that card's awesome too. But like when I was, dude, I was looking through and I was like trying to take like from other decks to kind of build this deck, and I'm like, there has to be a, a better three mana card than Wooly Thoctor. And turns out, uh, it really wasn't. It's just a three mana five four, and sometimes that's all you need. Um, at M underscore hoop. What build around cards are out there in standard that you believe are underplayed or undervalued? Ooh, I'm, Panharmonicon. Yeah, I mean, I don't undervalue it, but most people do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the cycling payoffs. Uh, Drake Haven, Faith of the Devoted. Okay. Those are. I'm not saying they're gonna like be tier one or anything, but they're really fun build around me cards that people I don't see building around that much. So. I'm really surprised we haven't seen, like, the Esper version start adopting, like, Drake Haven. Yeah. I think it's just, it's too hard. Like, two for the token, isn't it? And you have to cycle? I think it's one, but you do have to cycle, so it ends up right. being pretty mana intensive. Being two. 
Yeah, yeah. at least two, depending on your cycling costs. Although, yeah. although someone actually uh, was saying over the weekend that it would be pretty crazy if you had, like, Jace, Drakehaven, Anointed Procession, like, go that route for, like, Ooh. just a blue-white tokens, like, cut out the Esper. Yeah. That would be pretty crazy. That could but be pretty I think pretty you sweet. need Stockpile no matter what. Yeah, Stockpile is, like, the engine that makes that deck yeah. really, really good at stockpile. going long. Yeah. Um, at BC Podcast, has there ever been a time where we didn't have dual lands in standard? What kind of effect would that have on the format? Um, I don't think there ever was not a time. I believe there's always some amount of dual lands in the format. Yes. And it w- I think it would really... How resp- good they are, it can be debatable, but... Um, there's always something. Yeah, from Buddy Lands to Scry Land to Shock Land to... Yeah, I think there's literally always anything. I think it would really constrict the format. I think, like, you want a good... You want... Maybe the mana's too good with energy, with a tune with Ether and Ether Hub, but you also don't want just all basic lands because it's going to really force people to play essentially monocolor decks, so I think we'd get really tired yeah. of seeing just the same monocolor decks battling each other. So I think you want the mana to be good enough that you can play two and three colors, but not so good like with J Standard, where everyone just plays five colors, which we're almost like kind of close to that now with the energy decks. Not as bad as Jace era, but with a tune in Ether Hub, you can kind of go four colors pretty easy. All right, final stretch here at... Uh, only way you keep saying Kaladesh is too powerful. How does it compare to KTK or Innistrad? Can Teamer Energy beat Abzan Siege Rhinos? Uh, I think it's all relative. I, I don't. Maybe Kaladesh isn't as as powerful as those two as those two. But for right now, it really overshadows the other sets. And and, and that kind of has been starting since they probably since KTK actually. Yeah, I mean it's relative, like you said, Chaz. It's it. It doesn't really matter if energy could be Absent Siege Rhinos. I don't know if it could. Maybe. I would have to think about it. But the problem is that KTK is like an 8 out of 10 when the rest of the standard sets are like 5 out of 10s or 4 out of 10s. So it's just so far in front of everything else in the standard format. Uh, at Taskmaster1995, what card needs to be printed to help solve the energy problem? Um, I think it was Solemnity, but it probably needed to be two minutes. Yeah, uh, a more aggressively costed, like, two-mana, one-mana Slimnity. Also, like, maybe ways to just drain energy from your opponent. I don't know if there would yeah. be a way to that you could, like, steal your opponent's energy, essentially, like a reverse harness lightning where you soak yeah. up your opponent's energy. But Or they literally just needed to make the Takala, like, Honor Guard a 1-4. That would have helped as well, yeah, if it dodged because, more yeah, evil. Because it would just dodge normal harness lightning. But if they really wanted to kill it, they would have to pretty much drain all of their energy that they had. Or yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. That's just the problem. Yeah. Um, at Canadian Syntax, what are your favorite cards? Blood Moon. <laughs> that is all. Green cards. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, I don't know. Like, Fast Bond. Like, a, a lot of overpowered green cards. Scavenging Ooze. That sounds weird to say. But I, I think people forget at one point that was a com- commander card. And it was like 25 bucks. Yeah. Like, it was. It was really expensive. <laughs> it was really crazy. Um, at Sinfoid, will Seth auction off and against the odds for Desert Bus? Donate in multiples of X. Winner gets to pick card plus format. Uh, that could be cool. I'll have to look into it. It would be cool to do so, uh, something along those lines. So I will research it a bit. That could be fun. At Ronin underscore Dark Rider, last one. What's your favorite charm, piracy, Naya, a guild charm? Ooh. Ooh. 
That is a good question. Man, I would even have to have, I would have to look up like all the real old charms because those I don't those are not all coming to me right now. Like even Eben charm and there's there's a lot of charms Piracy. over the course of the game. Uh, I'll just stick with one of the uh, shards ones, and I really liked Esper charm because I think it was like really the best one. That is really... one, uh, Naya, Naya was okay, but I think Esper was like. I really like Esper Charm too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Azurius though. That card actually saw a decent amount of play in standard. Really Cycle, yeah, put dude. a creature on top, attacker on top I, of the deck. I think it was decent. Actually, I'm, sw- I'm switching mine. Golgari Charm. That one was a really good one too. Ooh, actually, I also like the Gotcha aspect of Rakdos Charm, where you just dome them equal. Could you imagine Rakdos <laughs> Charm against tokens in our current standard? It would be such a sweet yeah. way to kill people. <laughs> it would. Or take out, like, an over, like, really high loyalty Vraska or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That was a lot of fish mail. Uh, thank you, everyone, for sending those in. Seth, I think we're a bit over at this point. So last final second thoughts. We're going to have Richard back next week. We'll talk about everything Pro Tour. Uh, it starts next weekend, so gear up. <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting. Fingers crossed. It, it is domestic. It is domestic this time, so. Whew. Yeah, that's good news, at least for us in the U.S. We don't have any crazy time zones this time around, so. Yeah. Um, Seth, always a pleasure. We will do this again next week. We'll have Richard back. That's going to be it for this week, so this is going to be the crew signing out. We will see you all next time. <laughs>